Welcome to 1030 Vision Sunday. All right, I hope you want some vision. Our family, at the time we were a family of five, our family and nine others moved to San Francisco in 2010 with the dream of starting a brand new church called Epic Church in downtown San Francisco. And if my 2010 self would have been told all that was going to happen through 2017, I'm not sure I would have believed it. In fact, I'll go ahead and tell you, I probably wouldn't have believed it. Yes, we had great faith. Yes, we were praying big prayers. Yes, at the time, I believe we had a grand vision. But God has done so much more than we ever could have imagined. And today, I want to make it about two things. Number one, celebrating what God has done thus far. And number two, to begin dreaming and casting vision for all that we believe God is going to do in the days and years to come. And here's how I want you to think about these next 30 minutes or so. I gave myself an out right there. 30 minutes or so. I want you to see it like this. I want you to see it as me pitching you on the future of Epic Church. And before you leave the room today, you getting to decide if you want a piece of the ownership of Epic Church. I'm pitching you on the future. You get a chance to say I'm in or not for me, at least not today. And no pressure either way. No pressure either way. When I think about all that God has done in our church community over these, what will next month on February 13th will be seven years. When I think about all that God has done, I just feel like I must start with the staff team that God has assembled here. It is such a privilege to be surrounded by women and men on this team who love Jesus, who are humble, who are incredibly gifted, and who go after it with all they've got day after day after day. Myself excluded, you need to be grateful for the men and women who lead this movement forward known as Epic Church. You need to be grateful. It is one of the highest joys of my entire life to be a part of this team. When we started this church, I knew that team was important. I now believe it's even more important than it was when I started. And you need to know, church, that as a team, we love and are so grateful for what we get to do. It is our joy to serve you, to lead you, to pray for you, and to create the kind of environments for you, your friends, and your family where you can know God, be known here, and make a difference in the world. But I know if you're like me, you're like, Ben, it's one thing for you to tell me that you love me. We need you to show us that you love us. I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to do that. In fact, our team commissioned a chocolatier right here in Soma, Sokola, to provide us custom-made chocolates just for Epic Church in their number one flavor known as burnt caramel. Who wants one? Let's give them out. Show them some love. Come on. Come on. You might want to snap a pic before you eat either of these. (laughs) High-end premier chocolate right here in Soma. You can see their sticker on the back. Created just for, created just for Epic Church, just a way, a small way. Um, And for those of you that can't do chocolate, let's see how good your arm is in aiming for the stage. (laughs) I'm ready. You cannot throw tomatoes here. You can't throw your chocolate back to the pastor. But listen, any of you who are watching, you're like, this is a bite, okay? Savor it. It's going to be oh, 
K. Every person who attends Epic today will get a pair of these custom-made chocolates. And then starting next week, we will begin to give these to all first-time guests. And I'm looking at your faces, so then next week when you tell me you're a first-time <laughs> guest, I'm going to be like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You saw some chocolate on your teeth from last, <laughs> from last week. As a leader, I believe that clarity matters so much. And so I'm always pushing myself, I'm pushing our staff team, and I'm pushing our leadership team to do whatever it takes to gain clarity. I think most of us, what's true about most of us in this room is that we're willing to work hard, but we need to know what it is that we need to give our hard work or smart work to. And so I'm always pushing for clarity. And I'm excited to tell you that I have and our team has never been more clear on who we are as Epic Church than we are today. We've never been more clear. Like it is so clarifying to me. And I'll tell you how that came about um, really over a span of time. But then one night it really just uh, became super clear to me who we are. And who we are I think will speak into what it is that we are after as a church. And it's my hope that our clarity about who we are and where we're going will give you the clarity you need as you think about your commitment to the vision we're collectively pursuing. Our church was built on two foundational scriptures. And I say built on meaning when there were 13 of us in a living room just down the street, about a mile down the street in mine and Shauna's living room. There were 13 of us. The foundational scriptures I want to share with you today are the ones I shared with that small team on that day. So if you have a Bible or you have an app or whatever the case may be, Psalm chapter 127 is a place that we have from day one, from day one, we've realized that this is the reality over God building this church. And you need to know that some things, really a lot has changed. If we can just be honest, a lot has changed. When I look at pictures, our family was looking at pictures this week of 2010, 2011 and comparing things to today. Um, And we've all changed so much. Some of us for the better, not all of us, but, but we've all just changed. If you look at the size of our kids and, and all of that, um, And yet this has never changed for us. There's a reality that was over our church when we had 13 people that will, it will be the reality over our church if we have thousands of people one day. This is the reality over us. Psalm 127, 1 and 2 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain, in vain. Says in verse two, in vain, you rise early and stay up late. Toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. I don't know if you know this, but there's a reality over your life. And the reality that's over your life and my life is the same reality that is over our church. Unless the Lord builds this thing, it will be built in vain. All of it, every Sunday gathering, every small group, every dollar we give, every trip we take, everything we're trying to do with your kids down the hall right now. If God doesn't build this, we believe it will all be a waste. We, we legitimately believe that. But if God does build it, then you being a part of something God is building, nothing will be in vain. I don't know about you, but I've spent enough of my life being a part of things that were going to ultimately be waste of time and energy. I want to give myself to the kinds of things that God is up to. 
If that's a business thing, give yourself to it. If it's a family thing, give yourself to it. Unless the Lord builds it. Now, what's crazy in this text that we've looked at for the last seven years, really eight years almost, what's crazy in this text, it doesn't say is, it does not say, hey, let God build it and you stay on the sideline. Don't miss this. It does not say if the Lord builds it, the builders can take a day off. What does it say? It just simply says that if God isn't a part of it, then you're wasting your time by being a part of it. And so what I want to do today is invite you into playing your part in what God is building in downtown San Francisco through this church community. Because there's nothing better that you and I could give ourselves to than the kinds of things that God's up to. I believe that wholeheartedly. Another verse that I shared with those 13 people was Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. Now, if you know much about Hebrews, you would know perhaps that chapter 11 is the great scripture chapter on faith. And it's incredible what men and women did because they believed God. They just totally went for it, even at the cost of their very lives. But I believe that it's chapter 10, verse 39, the last verse in Hebrews 10, that is the gateway verse into that amazing faith chapter of chapter 11. And here's what that verse says. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. You know this already, but let me remind you and just give you some clarity on it. Consistently in my life, in your life, and in this church community, we are going to come up into moments where we can either shrink back out of fear or move forward because of faith. You know this. Some of us feel it more often than others. Like even trying to talk to my sixth grader about the new school he's going to, even though we thought that was the best move, it was going to take courage for him to move into that this week. When I think about the future of our church, and here's what I know. God wants to be pleased with the same kind of faith in 2018 from Epic Church that it took in 2010 when this thing did not exist. He he does. But let me tell you something. Though it was hard back then to have faith, church, we had nothing to lose back then. Look around. We've got a lot to lose now. Should we just play it safe? Should we shrink back because the cost might be too high? Should we shrink back because the sacrifice from each of us might demand too much? Or should we lean in with faith and go, God, if you're building this... I'm in. We're constantly going to be at that crossroads. So what is it that we're after as a church? What are we after? The vision of Epic Church is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. We don't ever see this changing, just so you know. I think everything else might change. We don't ever see this vision changing. We are committed to reaching as many people as possible in this city and helping them live lives that look more and more like Jesus. So you can always look like, Ben, do you care about growth only? Um, no, we care about growth, period. Reaching more people and them growing in their faith. We think that would be, we, we would be glad to give that back to God. When all is said and done, church, us leaders here, we would be glad to give back to God. God, you sent us to this crazy place. What were you? And we gave it our all. And here's what we have to show for it. We're willing to give ourselves to that. You ever have those nights where you can't sleep? You ever have every night where you can't sleep? Anybody need to, come on, I need somebody to be in my corner like this. Like my wife, it doesn't matter what's going on in her mind, she always sleeps within a minute. Last night, we're just talking, you know, we're, we're, uh, 
we're taking over our son's bedroom because ours is flood damage, um, water damage. And um, we're both talking about there's just so much going on right now. And I won't bore you with all the details. Uh, and then as soon as she finishes saying how much is on her mind, she's snoring. I'm like, <laughs> not really snoring, but she's out. I'm like, how does she do that? And I'm like, I'm the one who has to teach tomorrow, and I am up all night long. Uh, so if you have trouble sleeping, it's probably because we just have such great ideas, right, that we can't go to sleep at night. But I can tell you this. Back in August, I was unable to sleep one night. And I began to think about who we are as a church and what we're after and what we should be after and who we should be about and all of these kinds of things. And I began to think about our values and, and that some of them needed some updating and maybe just a complete overhaul because six years in, six and a half years in, I know who we are. That, that was my thought process. And so I got out of bed. By the way, if you have a great idea, you, you, you better keep something beside your bed. But we were, we were staying in a different city. And uh, so I got up out of bed. I grabbed my moleskin because I, I, how, how else could you live without a moleskin? So I grabbed my moleskin and I began to jot down the first draft of what has today become our nine updated values. And so I want to give you those values. If you're taking notes, awesome. But know that I'm going to hand you something before you leave that will have all of these values listed on them. You know, it's a great Sunday when they're bringing the wooden benches in. That's a great Sunday. Uh, here are the updated values. If I'm going to expect you one day to remember them, I should be able to recite them from memory today, right? So here's what we try to do. These values, we think they're clear. We believe they speak to who we are, like our identity. They also speak to what we're going after. I believe that they're memorable. So we try to make them as brief as possible. And I'm going to try to give them to you now. The first one is this. Jesus changes everything. This is the hallmark of our church. You need to know this. Jesus changes everything. This is why our vision is what it is. Friends, this is why we started this church. This is why we have men and women who are pouring into your teenagers down the hall and pouring into your 18-month-old and your second grader. This is why we do small groups. We believe that Jesus can transform anything. You have a bad marriage. We're not saying it's going to be better overnight, but we believe Jesus can transform it. You've never allowed your faith to dictate how you do your work and your career. We believe Jesus can transform that. You have a wayward child or a parent you wish was living a little bit differently. We believe that Jesus can transform them as well. This is what we're after. That's why we're launching this Jesus Reimagined series next week. When we look at where did Jesus teach or do or live a certain way that no one in that community at that time would have expected a religious leader to live. But we aren't just going to reimagine Jesus so we can get our facts straight. We're going to help you reimagine who Jesus is so that you can reimagine how you might be able to relate to him. The reason some of you aren't any closer to Jesus than you are today is not because necessarily you've done something wrong, but you just assume something wrong about him. The church you grew up in, something you were taught negative self-worth, whatever it was that's paved the way for that, many of us in this room aren't any closer to him than we are. Not because we knew who he was and we didn't want it, but it's because we thought he was someone else. So we want to help you out in that next week. Jesus changes everything. Value number two, together is better. Together is better. Us being in this together, uh, I love, uh, and some days I don't love this, but overall, I love the idea that God has sent us to a city that we cannot do life alone and thrive. You just can't. Like, Ben, watch me. I'm really smart. Okay, go for it. You've been here for three weeks. You go. Make it happen. We need each other. We need community. And you heard today that our group session is, we're in the middle of signups right now. They begin two weeks from today. And we want to 
urge you, whatever it takes to, to get you to move into one of these, I think 32, 33 different opportunities, all days of the week, all different times. And there's one that's there for you. And understand this when it comes to our epic groups. As our church continues to grow, these groups aren't going to become less important. They're actually only able to become more important. Every one of us in this room, feel free to look around if you want to do a quick test. Every one of us in this room, it's true for all of us that we cannot be known by everyone in this community, myself included. But it is also true for every single one of us in this room, for all of us, that we can be known by a smaller community within this larger community. I want to urge you towards that. And here's what's true. The people who thrive most in the epic community are those who are known most. Don't miss this. We look at some people's life, and yes, there's a faith component to this, but we look at their life and go, how are they doing so well when they've got all of these circumstances swirling around? And the reason is at some point in time, they decided to become known. That's why someone's bringing them food when the baby's born. That's why they have a quick call to make to meet a person for coffee that afternoon because they got bad news from their boss. Because they decided to become known. The people who thrive most in this community are those who are most known. Value number three, next steps are taken. This is who we are. It's what we do. Next steps are taken. There are two passions around this value. The first one is this. Wherever you are on your faith journey, you can start there. You know why? Because you can't start anywhere else. And some of you have been in religious communities, even Christian churches, where um, you felt out of place because you thought you already had to be advanced to be able to step into their game. Um, We're not going to ask that of you here. We want to make things accessible for every person, wherever they are on the journey. But we have a simultaneous passion that's this. We want everyone in this community to always be taking their next step. So start where you are. What's next? Take it. We believe that progress is better than perfection. We believe that direction is more important than your final destination today. We believe that. And so we want to help you take next steps, whatever that... Some of you need to read the New Testament for the first time. Some of you need to start serving. Some of you need to start giving for the first time. Some of you need to be baptized. Some of you need to take the step and put yourself in a group. And others of you that have signed up for groups the last four years, you need to actually attend one this time. Fair? Like show up for the food, if nothing, if nothing else. Together is better. Value, or next steps are taken. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That's the fourth one. The fifth one is this families, or no, that's the third. Come on. All right. Jesus changes everything. Together is better. Uh, Next steps are taken. Here's number four. Leaders are developed. Leaders are developed. When we look at the scriptures, when we look at history, when we look at the last seven years of Epic Church, here's what we know. God uses leaders to make a great vision become a reality. God uses leaders all like, and it's crazy to me that he does it. Anybody else? Wait a minute. You have all power. You're perfect. You know how to do all of this. And you're going to invite us frail, sinful, imperfect, weak human beings. He's like, yes, it brings him joy and delight to invite us into accomplishing what he's up to in the world. Look through the, look through the description and tell me a time that something great happened for the movement of God in the world that it didn't take leaders to accomplish. And so how in the world can we think if God has put leadership gift in us that Epic can be all it's intended to be if we don't step in with our gifts? So let me ask you this question. What has God put in your hand? What are your passions? What are your gifts? What are your experiences? Some of you, it's time to step into a new realm of leadership here at Epic. We'll do our part. We will train you. We will try to coach you. We will give you the resources you need to become a leader. We will try to do all we can to help you develop as a leader 
but we can't read your mind. Like, I can't look at you. Some of you are like, Ben, I feel like somebody just told me uh, after the nine o'clock that they felt like I had tapped their apartment because of what I said this morning. Like, that would be an amazing trick to do. As the, no, um, I don't want to do that. I, I can't read your minds, but I can't read your minds when it comes to who has been given gifts, skills, and talents. At this stage of our church, in the early days, I kind of knew everyone in the community. People would rise up and say this or that. If you've been given something to uh, lead with, you need to lead. And if you're like, Ben, yeah, I'm a leader type, but I don't, like, I'm not leading. Uh, I'd be careful with that. God doesn't give us gifts to keep to ourselves. I'm not making any sort of, like, scary demands of what God might do with what he's given you. I just know that in the parable of the talents, the one person who didn't use what they were given lost it. And if you're like, Ben, I'm a leader, then you know that means there's a follower or two somewhere, right? Everybody understands that. All right. Leaders are developed. Number five, families thrive. One of our distinctives here at Epic, even though we know that 13% of the population of San Francisco are, is 18 and younger, making us the, the lowest in the entire country, whatever uh, you want to look at any city in, in America, that's just, you, you can go back and read the article from the Chronicle. We know that. We also know that not only are 13% of the people in the city kids, we know that we are a church in downtown San Francisco. And yet we are passionate about families thriving here. We are passionate really around two things in this realm, which is helping you as families orient your entire home around Jesus and also helping you thrive in this urban reality called San Francisco. We're passionate about that. We will not give that up. So many amazing things happening under Will's leadership and the team that he has assembled, people that are serving right now. Several times at the end of 2017, we had more than 100 kids and students show up on the same Sunday. Last Sunday at 1030 this hour, by the way, just look around so you know, whenever you hear us say in a couple weeks, we need some people to go to the nine and the 12. Just remember, I warned you. You didn't have to sit on the bench. You just needed to come to 9 or 12. (laughs) Last week at 1030 at this hour, we had 80 kids and students show up. Now, you guys know we only have like six rooms and they're pretty small. Everybody's aware of that. Um, There were 25 three, four, and five-year-olds last week in one room. Now, if you know what's allowed out in the preschool, even elementary school world, we're, you know, and, and I've got a mentor who's just brilliant and all kinds of things. Like, Ben, for every kid's room, you need 22 square feet per child. We did not have that last week. Here's your two and a half feet. Go for it. So seriously, whenever we ask you guys to move, uh, we're going to give you two options, the nine or the noon. Uh, that's going to happen soon. Families thrive. We're really passionate about, about this. I'm passionate as the pastor of this church, and I'm passionate as a dad. And uh, that drives a lot of what we're after. And I love Will's heart for this. And we want to resource parents to do um, well in leading their kids. So our Thrive event is coming up February 10th. And you need to RSVP. And I, I think the topic is so crucial that even if you're thinking about having kids one day, or even if you don't even want to have kids, the topic alone is something we all deal with. It's about the use of technology in our homes. And for any of you adults who are thinking, yeah, those kids really need to get that right. What did Jesus say? speck in someone else's eye, log in your eye. I don't know, something like that. We all need to get better at that, right? And so uh, we want to help families with that issue. February 10th, just RSVP that. Value number six is generosity overflows. The generosity in this community is stunning. Obviously, I know, of course, for obvious reasons that I get reports that you guys don't see. And when I look at how so many of you fund the vision that God's given us, and you know, San Francisco is expensive to live in. It's expensive to do ministry in. There's, there's not like a religious discount out there. Maybe the opposite. Um, 
And the way that you do this so that we can do Sundays, so that we can do missions, so that we can do children and youth, so that we can do everything that we do. Thank you so much. But it's not just about your financial resources. The way that you guys bring food to families who have new babies born, the way that many of you open your homes up to host groups or to allow other people to stay there when they're in between housing opportunities. Thank you so much for your generosity. And here's a great question for us. What would it look like for generosity to overflow in my life? And for some of you, when we think about the next step with generosity, you're like, Ben, it is not an overflowing question. I need to begin where I am today, which is I just need to see how generosity would flow in my life, period. Great. Start there. Start there. Value number seven, vocation is sacred. Vocation, whatever you're supposed to do with your life, it's sacred. And we are passionate here at Epic about how you spend your Monday through Friday and all of the rest of the time you spend away from Epic Church. Because you do know this, right? That for the most of us, not us, but you, you spend the majority of your week away from this place. Intentionally, right? And so we want to help you thrive in your Monday through Friday. For many of us in this room, maybe even most of us, when it comes to our vocation, it's tied to our job, right? But whatever your vocation is from God, it's a God-given vocation in this season. We want you to thrive. If you're a retired person who spends hours volunteering at the hospital, thrive in that. If you're a stay-at-home parent, thrive. If you're a, a, a grad student, thrive in that. If you're a fifth grader in the room today, that's where God has you. It's a vocation, and you need to do the best you can with it. This year, we're launching an initiative called Sacred Vocation. Sacred Vocation. And I love this language, and here's why. When people in the church world think about the job that I have, they would say, Ben, you have the sacred vocation. And I want to say, no, I don't. You do. Any person in this room who's doing in any season what God has called them to do with their hands or their mind or their lives, that is a sacred vocation. You're not just a barista. You have a sacred vocation. You aren't just a teacher. You have a sacred vocation. You aren't just a venture capitalist. You have a sacred vocation. You are not just an attorney. You have a sacred vocation. And that's a privilege, and it brings a responsibility with it. And we want to equip you as best we can to live out your faith in whatever vocation God has for you. But let me tell you three specific areas when we launch this initiative in the coming, really, weeks and months this year. One area within the sacred vocation is entrepreneurship. Because of who we are as a church and because of where we are as a church, uh, this is just a passion area for us. It's something we want to lean into. So helping you uh, figure out the best ways and get wisdom on launching new companies. One of my big dreams for our church is to see uh, so many of you begin to collaborate together and create businesses uh, collectively. I think that's exciting. We have a small group on Mondays at 4 called Redemptive Entrepreneurship. Uh, Ben Chuff will lead that, which would be fantastic. I said, are you sure you want to put it at 4? He's like, yes, only the really committed people will go to small group and shut down their business ops at four o'clock. So there you have it, four o'clock. Second lane within sacred vocation is this one, coaching and mentoring, coaching and mentoring. What I have a real heart for is seeing some of you men and women who are further along in your faith and in your career begin to pour back into the younger men and women in our church, not necessarily younger, but people who are newer to faith and newer to their career or to their particular industry. Can you get passionate about that? Can you find 30 minutes to have coffee with people, use the wisdom? And remember, you're not not pouring everything into their bucket. You're just pouring what God's put in your bucket into their bucket. 
have a passion for that. The third area within sacred vocation is global training. Global training. It overlaps with the next value I'm going to give you. But we've just seen this amazing opportunity where people in San Francisco, in this church, can take the skills and gifts you've been given and go train other people around the world to do this. We've done it already this past year a little bit. In June, Trey Stevens and Ben Lee, they did an event for a group of uh, people in tech in Aradia, Romania. We didn't know how that would work, if people would be interested uh, but about 100 people showed up. Men and women were sitting on the floor. Ho- hopefully it was just the men sitting on the floor because they gave their seat up. But sitting on the floor because they're never going to come to Silicon Valley. But they had access to and, and it was an amazing deal. And then twice on trips this past fall in Vietnam, we took people um, on these trips. And whoever made up the epic team, we just said, what is your gift? What is your gift? What is your gift? And they taught things they already knew. Can you get passionate about that? Like, think about this. Going somewhere in the world. Supporting an active, epic partner and just sharing the wisdom, skill that God's given to you. I can get pretty on board with that. The problem for me is that I don't have much skill. But I can get really excited about you sharing your skills over there. And um, here's another one within the Sacred Vocation Initiative that just got cemented on Thursday, which is really exciting. But we are thrilled to tell you that we're going to be partnering with Redeemer City to City Center for Faith and Work out of Tim Keller's church and ministry in New York City. It's going to be huge uh, for us. We're going to launch their 12-week intensive curriculum here in San Francisco at Epic Church. We will be exploring concepts around renewing our deeper motivations for work, building and serving our communities, and imagining a world reborn. This is huge. And as far as we know, we could be the first partnership they've done outside of New York. And so Trey Stevens uh, and I, we met with the director of the Center for Faith and Work in December. Trey's 7.30 a.m. group on Tuesday. A.m. or p.m.? A.m. Last Sunday, someone was really excited that they had signed up for that group. They're like, yeah, I can't wait to be together with those kind of people at night. And I'm like, you won't be with them at night. (laughs) 7.30 a.m. If you care about faith and work, we're going to make you earn it around here, okay? Four o'clock Mondays for entrepreneurs, 7.30 Tuesday a.m. for those of you who want to to lean into faith and work. But we've learned a ton from Redeemer and Tim Keller's ministry and that whole idea just for our church. And so um, we're thrilled that they would be gracious enough to partner with us in this endeavor. The eighth value is impact is local and global. We believe that whatever God does in us, he doesn't want to just stay in our church. He wants to do it in us and then get it out of us. In us and out of us for our neighborhood, for our city, for our nation, and for our world. Many of you know that the Hope Project is our annual initiative where we fund our strategic partners in the city, across our country, and around the globe. And we start with the second Sunday in November, and we go through the end of January, and our church leans in. I told you, the generosity in this community is stunning. And we had a goal this year of $180,000, a lot, right? Um, but do you want to hear where we are as of today? All right, I'm going to ask you to stand up for this one. It's worth standing up for. And you can be as loud as you want to, okay? CVS will not hear us. (laughs) Goal was 180,000. Today, we as a church have given over (laughs) $351,000. You can be seated. Guys, this is who we are, and this is what we do. It was so awesome these last couple of weeks, not to just want to meet with Lindsay to talk about our future of partnerships, but to meet and say, hey, 
people are continuing to press in. We've, we, gotta fi- we have to figure this out. And so what it's done is it's, it, it, we don't want to do anything haphazardly, so understand that. Every cent of all the extra, as we've told you in all the times before, every cent's going to a partner somewhere. But what it's allowing us to do is accelerate our future partnerships. And so I'm excited to tell you today that we want to go into a new continent this year, which is not going to be Antarctica. It's going to be South America. So we're excited about going to South America. And... Lindsay's, Lindsay is exploring those, uh, and we'll be talking through all of those, but it's kind of like, a, you know, when people are bidding for the Olympics, if, if so many people connected to South America, if you want to give us your best pitch for why we should go to your country, uh, let us know what's going on there, any ministries or organizations or churches that you're a part of, but we're excited, and you will be well-informed on all of those. We have three mission trips internationally this year, partnership trips. In May, we're going to Aradia, Romania. In June, I'll get to be part of the team going to Kampala, Uganda, and in October, we'll go back to to Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Um, I've been on all three of these trips. I'm going back to Uganda this year. Um, the response initially has been overwhelming. So if you want to take a trip, we really need to know that, get you the information so we can secure these teams. And just like the Hope Project, if, uh, if we need to get Lindsay on her toes, figuring out more trips for this year, your demand will allow us and, and cause us to do that. So we're really excited about that. One thing I realized yesterday when I was walking, uh, it's been Saturdays, walking a few hours, trying to memorize my talks for Sunday. And one of the things I realized that I thought of this Hope Project is when Epic Church started, just like you would start a business, I went out and got partners, um, only I didn't give them stock shares in the company. I just went and said, hey, would you, there's like eternal treasure here. I don't have anything to give you otherwise, but there's some eternal treasure if you'll help us get this new church started in San Francisco. And hundreds of individuals and around 20 to 25 churches said, we are in with you guys, even though we don't know how this will go. And we were able to raise just over $1 million from others to get this church off the ground. Incredible. Well, when I did the math yesterday for the last seven hope projects for a church that's not even seven years old, guess what? We just now, cumulatively church, have given just over $1 million in less than seven years to people outside of our church. That's how generosity works, right? People said, we'll give to make this thing go. And with the same spirit, we want to keep paying it forward. And that's what it's meant to do. God has given you to give. You're like, if I give, will I lose? No, you'll keep getting. you keep getting. And I love. I, I loved it. <laughs> it's so funny when I think about all this happened in seven years. We used to go to the mailbox hoping there were checks in there so that you could exist one day. Like not you as a person, but you as, as a church community. Yeah, someone else was responsible for you existing as a person. Um, but now it's so fun to know that this week we sent letters and checks out to our partners. And to be honest, it's much more fun to be on this side much more fun to be on this side. So that's um, impact is local and global. And the ninth and last one is this. Everyone plays a part. This church isn't built on the gifts and commitments of a few, but many. And some of you are this place where you've been on the sideline for a season, or maybe the entire time you've been coming here, or maybe you're brand new. And I just want you to know, if we're going to go after the full potential of the vision God has laid before us, we're going to need you to jump in with us. And one of the best ways to jump in is to join a team, whether it be a kid's team, our student team, worship team, production team, hospitality team, graphic design team. Come and do what so many people do, work on the weekday team and help us process uh, what has happened on a previous Sunday and getting ready for the next Sunday. We need you on a team. And every one of us has to play our part. I told you before, if you are invited to be a part of what God is building in this city through this church, it won't be in vain. It will not be a waste. 
And you know here, we don't schedule things that are insignificant. None of us have time to give our time to insignificance, right? So if we make an ask of you, which I'm doing right now, in case you didn't know what was happening. When we make an ask of you, we've, we've tried to think through what matters most. We've tried to be aware of who you are and what demands are already on your lives. But also aware that God has given us a grand vision. To do all we can to reach as many people as possible in the city and help them thrive as they orient their lives around Jesus. And at this time, I want to give you a chance to tell us if you're in. So on the far left side, there should be a black bucket. And in that black bucket, there's like a response or commitment card about everything we've talked about today. And I want you just to take one of those and take a pen, pass it down. And I'm going to eat a piece of chocolate. Which one was better, the with love chocolate or the epic logo? Two pieces to this card. We do want you to tear it out. The white lets us have you tell us if you're in on everything we've talked about today. And we've given you just some ways to think about your commitment. And there's no pressure. So if you're new or you're just like, this isn't your thing or it's not your deal yet, no pressure at all. We just as a team want to know who's locked arms with us as we move forward into the future God has for us. There, there, there are some communication things we want to say just to this group of people. And while we wouldn't do that on Sunday because we want anyone to be a part of these Sunday gatherings, we want to communicate with you and you communicate with us, hey, we're going after this together. So the five commitments we're asking you to make is to show up when you're here and be a part of this. You guys know this. We get 50 Sundays a year the way Epic schedules our Sundays. We get 50 Sundays a year. We're all out of town, you know, moderate to often. Uh, and we're just saying when you're here and when you can and when you're not sick, be present with us. There's a strength that comes when we're together. But also you're acknowledging that you will take responsibility for your own spiritual growth, which I think is important. Secondly, you'll be in community here at Epic, which includes being a part of one of our groups, and you can sign up there. We're in a launch season for that. Giving consistently and proportionally, just start somewhere. Again, start where you are. Take that next step in your generosity habits. We're always glad to share with you what God's taught us as we've taken steps in that as well. Let us know which team you're willing to serve on. I mentioned all of those. And then we think it's really important that if we're going to be a part of something we think is significant... Why wouldn't we invite people in our lives to be a part of it as well? And so in a moment, I'm going to pray, we'll worship, and then at the end, when we have our offering time, you'll be able to place this white card in the offering bucket. And then we want you to keep the rest. We want you to be reminded of what we're after vision-wise, what these new values are, what your commitment is. And again, I'm urging us into doing something that God is building. Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me today? I'm going to pray. And then Todd and the team, they're going to come lead us. I'm going to pray a prayer of thanksgiving, and I'm going to pray a prayer for the future. And as you're still considering whether or not you want to be in on the vision God has given us to pursue, I just want to to encourage us, church, We don't want to waste your time. We want to provide opportunities and create environments 
that will not only matter today and matter in 2018, but that will matter for all of eternity. I'm going to urge you to give yourself to that. So God, would you speak to us directly? God, there's two pieces in this. There's like the collective epic church, and then there's each of our parts in this community. And I pray you'd speak to both, God. This, this community is so special to so many of us. And we're so grateful for what you've done in all of these areas. And yet, God, with humility, we're saying, would you do more? Would you continue to show us, Jesus, when you're present, everything can change? Would you continue to teach us that together in community is better than in isolation? Would you continue to create opportunities for each of us to take our next step and give us the courage to do that? God, I pray that you would call out leaders in this moment. God, would you help our families to thrive as they orient their homes around you and as they raise children in this place called San Francisco? God, may generosity continue to overflow. Teach us that our vocation is sacred and use, God, business leaders, entrepreneurs, this global training and the coaching piece. God, use this to help people orient their work life and their vocational life around you. God, help us to continue to make impact in our neighborhood, in our city, and in the world. I pray that you would really secure some strong partnerships that would resonate with who we are and what we want to be a part of around the world. And God, everyone plays a part. Something beautiful happens when everyone who is a part plays a part. God, some of us need to walk away from the sidelines, step onto the field and go, okay, I'm in. I don't even know what I have to offer, but I'm in. God, for all that you've done, we say thank you. For all that you intend to do, help us to be the kind of people who know that unless the Lord builds it, it will be in vain. And may we be those who have faith and step forward rather than shrink back in fear. There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake not to lean in to who you are, what you're doing, and what you want to do in the days to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you to stand.